Hello and welcome to this week's Back to Earth podcast with me, Chris Brookman. This is the show for architects, builders and surveyors all about the use of sustainable building materials. On this episode, I'm talking about air tightness and answering some questions we regularly get asked. So starting at the beginning, what is air tightness? Air tightness essentially is a measure of how much air leaks out from the interior of the building when there is a pressure difference between the interior and the exterior. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, air only leaks out when someone is blowing air into a building or, or, or pushing air out of the building. Wind actually is the main driver of pressure differences between the interior and the exterior. So when wind blows against one face of your house, you get a positive pressure on that face. That pushes into the building. And then on the opposite face of the building, you actually have a negative pressure, which is sucking air out of the building. So with, with any sort of slight breeze even, you begin to get a pressure difference between the inside and the outside of the building, and you begin to uh, leak air out of your house. Also, in winter, when you, when you turn the heating on, heat rises, it builds up pressure in the, in the upper rooms of a building, uh, and that draws in air at the bottom. So in the, in the lower rooms in the building, you'll be drawing air in, or you'll have a lower pressure there. And, uh, and again, that produces a, a pressure difference, even when there isn't necessarily any, any wind blowing outside. So the most common question we get asked is, why should we make buildings airtight? The basic assumption is that air tightness is, is really only necessary for, for passive houses and, and actually you know, that means it's really hard work and not something that is applicable to an ordinary house. So this is really where um, air tightness is, is not well understood. Air tightness and, and ventilation losses and uncontrolled ventilation losses account for 15 to 20% of heat loss from a building. So it's a, it's a really significant amount of heat to lose from a building. By reducing ventilation losses, so air leakage through the fabric of the building, you actually end up with much better air quality. The warm, moist air that is in your building during the winter, as it leaks through the walls, be they masonry or timber frame, uh, it condenses and increases moisture levels in the walls. That can cause mold growth and damp, and again, that can affect the internal air quality. So by reducing that, you do actually end up with much better air quality, which is, to be fair, slightly counter to what most people expect when they think of a, a building that is very, very well air sealed. And also by reducing these, these drafts, you end up with much better comfort, much higher levels of comfort. You don't get the drafts and the, and the cool air down at ground level and the, the hot ceilings that you get during the winter with the heating on. You end up with a much more even t uh, temperature from floor to ceiling. So you avoid the, the cold feet and, and hot head issue that, that you can quite often get in the winter. And the same happens in the summer. By preventing drafts and air leakage in the summer, you can keep your house cool on extremely hot days. So when it, during a heat wave, if it gets up to 30 plus degrees outside, really the last thing you want to do is open all the doors and windows because actually you then, you then let all that heat into the building. Ideally, you keep the building closed down during the day and you open it up in the evening and then it stays cool. Finally, you reduce your heating and, uh, and energy bills by making a building much more airtight as well. So your heating is not working so hard to replace all the warm air that's leaking out of the walls and, uh, and you keep the, the building at a much more even temperature. Obviously you need to ventilate the building properly so that's generally done with a ventilation system 
certainly in newer buildings, which and, and they can also be installed into older buildings as well. But a ventilation system, a mechanical ventilation system, usually with heat recovery, is really the only way that you can properly ventilate a building and ensure that you've got good levels of uh, air quality all the way through the building. Trickle vents in windows or just leaving a window open somewhere in the house is really not good enough to ventilate the whole building and provide good air quality throughout a whole house. So how do you actually make a building airtight? Well, most of the time, certainly with, with timber frames and starting with a, a new build timber frame, you're using membranes, so vapor control, air tightness, membranes, and a lot of tape, effectively. The tapes are generally an acrylate adhesive, so it's a, a clear adhesive, very, very sticky material. And we tend to use, so from, from our product range, we would specify the Ampatex Cinco or DB90 vapor control layers and, and airtight membranes. Uh, to, to achieve those levels of air tightness. Or you can use products like the SmartPly VAP Airtight, which is uh, an airtight OSB board. So that gives you uh, your racking resistance. So it's a structural board, plus the board is also airtight as well. So you, you simply tape the joints on that board, um, and that gives you a, a really airtight building as well. And then finally, you can use OSB3, just ordinary OSB3 for projects where the air tightness is less important, but you still want reasonable levels of, uh, of air tightness. So when you're jointing the membranes or the OSB boards, from our range, we'd normally recommend the Ampicol XT, which is uh, an acrylate uh, tape. Uh, it's extremely sticky and sticks to basically any sort of dry surface like clean timber, the, the boards and, and membranes. And that's a, a really good tape for, for joining any two items, really. In terms of around awkward areas such as window and door reveals or internal corners, we tend to use a, a split back tape. Now, that's a, a tape which has the backing paper split into different widths. So you can peel off one section, stick it to one area such as a window, and then peel the rest of the backing off to stick it to... Uh, the, the window reveal and that makes it a lot more easy to actually use these tapes and, and use them effectively to make the junction airtight. When you're trying to seal around penetrations, butyl tapes tend to be a lot more useful. They're, they're very, very, very flexible and, and very, very sticky. Uh, also, you can use them in, in areas where the moisture content is quite high, so low-level sort of plinth areas externally. Um, and essentially you can stretch the tape out. It's, uh, it's almost like chewing gum on a roll. So you, you put it on the, on the pipe and then you can stretch it out and, and seal the junction around the, around the base of the pipe. So from our range, we'd normally recommend the Ampicol BK535, which is a, a fantastic tape. It's the, the stickiest butyl adhesive I've ever come across uh, and also one of the stretchiest ones. And it, it stretches out and, and then makes it so easy to seal around pipe penetrations and cables or vents or ducts. It's, it's an absolutely fantastic tape. In masonry you tend to use plaster layers as your air tightness layer because you, you've got a solid wall there and simply plastering it is enough to make it airtight. So you tend to use membranes less in, on, on masonry. You'll still need to use them in, in windows and you'll still need to use them on roof structures on the underside of roofs and, and on suspended floors, but the walls, masonry walls themselves, you can actually do with a, um, with a plaster. 
So taping around doors and windows and, and sealing it back against the masonry, again, is, is the job of the butyl tape more often than not. And again, from our range, we've got a product called Ampercol F, which is a really nice, thick, stretchy butyl tape, which goes around the outside of the window before you put it in. Once it's in situ, you can peel off the, the backing. It's a double-sided tape, and that allows you to stick it to the reveal of the masonry and gives you that really, really effective airtight seal. So how do you make existing buildings airtight? Well, airtightness is not one of those things that you can just walk into a house and do a few things and all of a sudden it's completely airtight. So in existing buildings it's the seals around openings, it's those obvious things so um, around your doors and windows, it's uh, appliances that, uh, that the seals need to be replaced on but essentially to actually make the building fabric itself airtight you've really got to strip it back to the bare bones of the building, you've got to be able to get to the junction between your window and your door frame and your walls, you've got to get to the junction between your ground floor and your walls, your roof and your walls, um, any junctions around floor joists, first floor joists where they meet the wall or, or actually rest in the wall. So airtightness is not something that's terribly easy to do on an existing building unless you actually are refurbishing the whole building and you're, and you're going to strip it back to the bare bones. But it is perfectly possible. How do you measure airtightness? Generally, it's done with a what's called a blower door test, and this involves putting a, a frame with a sort of a membrane in it uh, in a doorway, and in the middle of that membrane is a is a big fan, and the fan blows air into the building and measures the airflow into the building, and then you and that's called a positive pressure test, and then you do a negative pressure test, which is where the fan is sucking air out of the building and measures the airflow out of the building, and so you average the result for the two and that gives you the overall air tightness level of the of the building. Now when you're doing air uh, blow door tests it's actually really important to think through every single little possibility of, of getting air in or out of the building. So there's obvious ones such as flues and vents and, and you know the obvious things that you can see but there's plenty of things that are kind of hidden that you don't see. So one of the biggest uh, problems that we come across are non-return valves, so uh, in, in um, waste pipes. So a Durgo valve is one, which is an air admittance valve, which allows air into uh, foul drainage whenever you flush the loo. It allows air to come in behind the water so you don't get a, a vacuum forming. There are also waterless traps, so HEP2O do a, a great space-saving little trap which goes in your, um, in your sink or in your shower trap or whatever. Um, but it's essentially a, a rubber membrane which seals again after the water's gone through it, but it doesn't prevent air going out through it in a positive pressure test. So that's an important one to, um, to address. Things like the ventilation system, if you're doing a, a new build or you're putting a ventilation system into a building, you've got to tape up the, the intake and exhaust um, duct work on the system. Uh, and then the obvious things like making sure all the windows and doors are, are actually locked so that you fully engage all the seals. And sink traps, uh, as I say, you've got to make sure that if you've got U-bends, they are filled up with water. If you're using the waterless uh, HEP2O traps, then you either tape up the actual trap itself or, or you can actually go and address it from the outside by putting a drain bung in and preventing any, any airflow out through the, through the main soil pipe. So what do you actually need to achieve 
So there are two different ways of, of measuring air tightness. There's an N50 test and a Q50 test. Now N50 is a measure of the volume of air leakage at 50 pascals, so that in that blower door test the, the fan either drops or raises the pressure in the building to 50 pascals above or below the, the external pressure. And that gives you a, a result when it's measured in air changes per hour. And that's generally used for passive hour certification. Now the UK building regulations require a slightly different test and that's the Q50 test. And that's a measure of the air permeability of the building fabric. Now that's measured in cubic meters per hour per square meter. And again, that's that the blower door test is used and it drops or raises the pressure in the building to, to 50 pascals above or below. Generally, the Q50 is always required by building control, even if you are building a passive house. But for passive house certification, it's actually only the N50 result that is, is uh, of any use. Q50 is actually used on, on much larger passive house buildings as well, so, um, so do be aware of that if you're building buildings of above 4,000 cubic metres, I think it is. Okay, so that concludes this week's show. If you have any further questions about this topic or sustainable building materials, please feel free to email me at chris at backtoearth.co.uk or alternatively give me a ring on 01392 861 763. Thanks for listening.